Hello and welcome to the Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons of battle-hardened entrepreneurs here to share value with you, Max. Oh yeah, excited to be here as always. Max is always sounds excited. He sounds <laughs> excited. We have a very interesting man with a uh, a very interesting name. It's Curian. It means sure. of the Lord, yeah. right, which is uh, which is a beautiful name. And he is the author of the seven essential stories charismatic leaders tell, um, which is uh, which uh, looks like an interesting book. I haven't read it yet, but I plan on it. It sounds exciting. But we're going to hear more about it from Curian here today. Curian, thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. We appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and about this book? Sure. And Mike, first of all, thanks for having me on your show. My first in Puerto Rico. This is always yeah. a good thing, right? So <laughs> that's, uh, that's really good. So, so my background is I'm a marketing uh, sales and marketing strategy consultant. So uh, I help uh, clients understand who they are, what they deliver, and why people value them, if they do it all. And most people, uh, when they start their companies, and I've worked with literally thousands of uh, startup entrepreneurs over the last 30 years. Uh, I was an executive in residence and a couple of business incubators uh, here in the region. And I've seen it all. Uh, a lot of these uh, companies are coming out of the local university, for example. They are engineers. They are uh, scientists. And they've got a product or they've got an invention. They have a patent ready to go uh, commercial. That, but they really haven't thought about why somebody would buy. And this idea, well, shouldn't it be self-evident, is not really true. So we really try and get them to uh, think about, you know, the actual thing that they are delivering in the way of value beyond some kind of apparent self-evidence uh, in, the, in the product itself. And the essence of that, and what we tell uh, everybody is that the very first thing that anybody buys from you, and it doesn't matter what you're selling, you could be selling a product, you could be selling an investment opportunity, you could sell, be selling on a, a new employee to join your company, right? It doesn't matter what you're selling. The very first thing that anybody buys from you, the absolute very first thing is the big idea. Then a series of key messages that come from that big idea, all wrapped up in a transformation story. If people don't buy the big idea, and the key messages, and see themselves in that transformation story, they won't buy anything else. It doesn't matter what you're selling. They got to buy into this first. And the only way they pay for that is that they pay attention. The cash transaction happens after that. So we are all in, by definition, the storytelling business, specifically a transformation story. A transformation story. So what's a transformation story? Well, you are in some kind of a state at this point in time. So you are in the A state. And the A state, you know, you might be in some point, uh, some uh, position of pain. You mm -hmm. could be aspiring to some position of gain, or you're just completely even keeled. You know, those are probably three points of polarity uh, that uh, most people have. And you have different varying states along the way. And what you are going to do as an entrepreneur is promise them some kind of an improved state thereafter. So the transformation story is how to get from where they are today to where they want to go, even if they don't know that yet. Most of the time, though, when people are, you know, out and about, uh, you know, especially if they're shopping, destination shopping, they have a purpose, either to get out of a pain state or get to a gain state. But if you are on the web, you might just be doom scrolling. 
right? You're just scrolling through the Facebook and Instagram feeds and you're just trying That's to- That's how I spend time on the web. Just goofballing. Just, just goofballing. Uh, just, Such just an easy thing reels. Just And reels. the algorithms- the algorithms are feeding you that dopamine hit every single time because it gets to know you. It's it's like an opium den of Instagram reels. It is delicious. It's it a great exactly. way to go and turn off. And then every now and again, I get a good reel and it kind of gives me a good uh, history fact. I like I get all these history facts. But okay, but that's not going to help me uh, sell my product, right? Sell what I'm doing. So you're saying, look, the most important thing is the big idea. And then the nuances within that idea. The key message is how to get idea. to the heart of the big idea. And I imagine that should be summed up quickly. Yeah, the big idea, the heart of the big idea is you can't just make this up, right? And we have over, uh, like in one of the companies I'm with, uh, we have over 1,100 members in uh, like startup entrepreneurs in that, uh, in that business. And they struggle with this idea for, uh, to begin with as well. And that is, how do I understand what to sell? And you don't. You don't understand what you sell until you understand your customer. They're putting it backwards. Right? You have to understand the customer's deep pain, deep motives, deep gain points, understand their worldviews, and then to ask yourself, how this product that you're selling, the service that you're selling, will deliver on getting them out of that immediate pain or getting out of that gain point. Now, you and I, uh, we met uh, by, for example, by text effectively, right? We posted a message, a couple of, couple of messages back and forth on yes. uh, on a uh, podcast site. Yes. We met, here we are. Really Match, quick. Great, a great site. That's great site. Podmatch is a great site, right? Now, here's one of the th clearest things that I know about podcasters. And, you know, over the past year and a half, I've been on probably 85 podcasts uh, during that time. And I can absolutely guarantee you that one thing that no one wants is a boring client, boring uh, po podcast guest. You know, you don't want me talking like this and, you know, putting all your people to sleep. You want somebody that can actually provide some entertainment value in addition to some information that you can act on. So that yes. is what I promise everybody we all when have I put out a pitch. All right. So I get you got entertainment value, right? <laughs> so, and, 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 and your, I think your book is going to have real value. So, but how do you extract that? Right. So prep, how do you put this in practical use? I've got, how do I tell my big idea? How do I enroll people with my big idea? Well, the big idea, again, comes from this idea of getting them out of pain or getting them to gain. That Almost all big ideas uh, focus on those two things. And you can take it further from that. But when it comes to consumer products, those are the two basic things. Other big ideas, you know, the civil rights movement, for example, in the U.S. was a big idea. The Indian independence movement of the, you know, 10s, 20s and 30s, right up to the 40s. Uh, 1940s, right, uh, was all about this big idea of, you know, uh, that we want home rule for the Indian population. So right. there are big ideas that I watched. I watched the movie Gandhi. Yeah, <laughs> there. Right. I thought it was a little fact, weird. You know, a lot of who was the 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 guy who starred in that? What's his uh, name? It was uh, Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. he pulled it off. He I thought he pull pulled it off pretty well. I mean, even yeah, though. In day-to-day -day life, you would have never, you would never mistake him for Gandhi. But no, he was part Indian as well. You know, well, probably, you know, yeah, one of his grandfathers or grandmothers, something like that. Okay, well, but that very small portion. 
But so this big idea, so the easiest way to identify the big idea is by interviewing, doing depth interviews with your ideal prospects. And they will tell you what these things are. Uh, and, you know, when it comes to these kind of big ideas, big ideas can also be stacked together. So when you're so, designing your big idea, the the method, because a lot of people may go, that's great. How do I, like, I'm selling this thing, you know, and it's a service. and you know, I'm just trying to scale and, and, and like, how do I sell the big idea is what I want to do, which is set everything up so that we can scale a business and, uh, you know, do what businesses do make money. But, uh, what, what you're saying is one of the mechanisms that you can create an enrolling vision is by connecting to the people that are buying, have already bought or would buy your product, your service, your business, and, and, and start asking them what's important to them. And then drawing from them what the big idea will be. Yeah, and it's the least risky way to do it. In fact, the most risky way to do it is to guess at what that is. Now, in a lot of ways, you have to apply your own judgment to what they're saying because people aren't as forthright as you want them to be, and they may not even know what they want, right? Now, no one knew they wanted an iPod before they saw an iPod. No one knew they wanted an iPhone before they saw an iPhone. Yeah, but that's part of the business owner success syndrome is they what they think B O S S business owner success syndrome. If somebody has a little business success, then they think they know everything. Yep. And they lose touch with their customers. At they lose they... touch with the people around them. They lose touch. They 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 just think they're surrounded by people that don't uh that don't really know what's going on and but they they have uh everything they do is gold. It's yeah. it's a it's a true sickness and condition. It, one it, one of the uh, best grow out of it. One of the best examples, you know, Apple. Steve Jobs was absolutely brilliant at uh, reading minds, uh, but okay. so was Jeff Bezos. So was Jeff Bezos even today, right? And Jeff is out of the company. I think that, I think he has an app for that now. <laughs> he's got a lot. He's got probably he an app for that. But Jeff, way back when, you know, he was pretty close to, uh, you know, the the, the company was uh, teetering, probably less than twenty years ago, twenty two years ago, something like that. And uh, at that point in time, they really didn't know what made people want to buy or want to buy more from this bookseller online. And when he started the company, you know, what's this internet thing? Will people buy online? How do you compete with Barnes and Noble? All that kind of stuff. But by not only listening to customers, but also observing what their innate behaviors were, he was able to focus on some key things. Very first thing is absolute vast selection. There's no possible way a brick-and-mortar retailer can stock every possible screw and screwdriver and nut that you know right. an Amazon site can have. It just can't do it. So the very first thing was the absolute vast, vast selection. Second thing was the ability to do some kind of uh, cost extraction. So reducing the cost of that product down to as low as it possibly could be. And of course, we keep stacking innovations on uh, one-click buy, one buy, for example. That's another big idea stacked on these other big ideas. So a big idea, big idea, big idea. Click, you've got my credit card. I don't have to fill out everything anymore. Always hated that pay, pain in the neck type of stuff, right? Filling out everything again. And it's one-click buy now. And then, of course, we got things like uh, Amazon Prime. And quite literally, I am shocked about this. And I actually feel bad. I actually feel bad about this. My local retailers cannot compete with this idea of I can find it, 
buy it and have it delivered the very next day without ever stepping foot outside of my condo. How does that happen? How do you compete with that level of stacked innovation? Why do you and feel bad? <laughs> because I don't want to put the uh, the smaller retailers out of business. But you know they got to step up the game too, right? Uh, but the do? way they're doing it, I've got yeah. ultimately. I've got more- it's uh, there, there. There's a reason why people are going to go from for for the convenience, but you know, some people like to actually go in and and purchase things like in a live environment. But uh, I don't know that I would feel bad about it. Well, you, they're forced to adapt, right? And uh, as I told you before, we've got you know probably 1,100 uh, merchants in our uh, in our learning portal right now called Merchant Mastery, and these are all Shopify merchants, so they're direct to consumer retailers. And the way they are competing now is that they're actually taking advantage of Amazon Seller Central and Amazon Vendor Central. So Amazon will now either, uh, in Vendor Central, they will stock the product, right? So now all they have to do is deliver uh, the uh, product to uh, Amazon. Amazon takes care of all of the uh, logistics of getting something out the door. And Seller Central, they are allowed to actually deliver the product on their own. Right, so they don't have that prime delivery next day type of thing, but uh, they get, take advantage of the being a part of that vast, broad selection without having to go out and advertise like a madman on Facebook and Google. What do you think about the Facebook and Google advertising these days? I mean, you've done uh, eighty-five podcasts in the last year and a half, believe right? it or not. So, so like buying ads. I mean, we we've I've done it, and for D to C, direct to consumer, it seems to work. I can't get my head around it B2B. Like it just doesn't seem to, it, it just doesn't seem like it's worth the investment. Yeah. D2C, it absolutely works uh, for sure. Right. Uh, and with our merchants, uh, that the primary channel is Facebook. Absolutely correct. It's, it's Facebook. Then it would be perhaps Instagram and maybe WhatsApp and TikTok. Uh, because the search intent, buyer intent is so, so much clearer in Google. It's more expensive. So you got to be yeah. really dialed in on understanding what those motives are. Otherwise, you can more quickly lose your shirt on, you know, on advertising that doesn't work than, than on Facebook. But this idea of going out and being able to put your message in front of the right people at the lowest possible cost, this is the way we do it. Uh, right now, I'm B2B. You know, on the uh, on the uh, merchant mastery side of the business, and this is a learning portal for Shopify merchants to go out and learn how to market on the web, right? To help drive traffic, drive conversions, and so that's all B two B. And I'm probably spending seventy five thousand a month right now on Facebook ads. That's just Facebook advertising alone, yeah. and that doesn't even include my uh, my labor costs or anything like that. That's pure spend right into Mister Zuckerberg's uh, pocket. Now, the only way I could do that is because, and I didn't start with 75 grand, I started with five. Then I got my feet underneath me, and then I went to 10, then I went to 25. Then I finally yeah, you got, I your, I you got your numbers. But I've let got me my ask, numbers. Let me ask you, Gary, um, can you give me an example of someone that's used your storytelling principles to create the big idea? That I don't know why Zoom does that. We do stuff here, and then like uh, it like has all these triggered emotion, em- emojis. Sometimes uh, we get the thumbs up, and it does a whole like thing. It's fun. Um, but can you tell me about like a very successful example? Somebody you've worked with, somebody that has 
taken your book or your consulting and said, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then what was their result from that? Well, the very first thing I can tell you is that the book wasn't made up, right? You know, the book is based on the research that we've done over two or three years while we're developing the book. And it yeah. takes its its information. You know, the, the, the quote that got me probably about 20 years ago was a quote from Regis McKenna. And Regis McKenna was a Silicon Valley marketing guru right at the heyday of the beginnings of Fairchild Semiconductor, Intel, and of course, Apple. And what Regis, what Regis was the guy to go to if you wanted to understand marketing. And one of his key lines to me that absolutely floored me you know, was great marketing takes its cues from great religion. And so the book itself, you will see that the seven stories and the first half of the book is all about culture that you then infuse the seven stories into. It'll give you illustration after illustration after illustration on historical examples of how people used the the stories to get their message and their end results happen. Probably one of the clearest examples of that was the abolitionist movement. Uh, all the way from the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, right? And how they used all sorts of different levels of story to go out and different formats of story. You know, the, not only were there, what is it, novels, Uncle Tom's Cabin, there were plays, there were songs, there were movements of various kinds, you know, protest movements of various kinds. There were speeches in Parliament, uh, in the UK Parliament, for example, uh, William Wilberforce did that. And this was all a combination, you know, and this probably really took to, uh, up to speed in the mid-1700s. And it took about until the 1830s in the UK for uh, for anti-slavery measures to be put into law. But it had to unravel all sorts of very entrenched uh, ideas and values that were not very consistent with what we would consider to be fair or just values today. So you, the the book itself will give you all sorts of ideas, but we also see this every day with our merchants. And the merchants themselves, you know, what they will do is they will take these stories. And one of the clearest things that we do in the uh, seven stories is what's your creation story? That's the first, first okay, book okay. in the Bible, Genesis. So, so great, great marketing comes from great religion and great so marketing part- takes its cues from great religion excuse me takes its cues yeah. from great religion and as part of telling your big idea you get to the creation story that's correct that's that's i think is a critical aspect so when that, you're that- when you're architecting your big story your big idea focus on the creation right w- well, what happened during the creation of this big idea and yeah. then let that come out. Yeah, and the uh, and that story one. There's six other stories, right? But story one, and they're very common stories. In fact, the Bible and the Quran and the Torah all have these. They mm-hmm. all have these seven stories embedded in them, right? That's why Regis says great marketing takes its cues from great religions. And right now, there's over probably 5,000 religions in the world today. There's been 10,000, tens of thousands of religions throughout life throughout uh, uh, all of human civilization, right? Tens of thousands. But today we have three dominant ones, maybe four, right? Uh, the three dominant ones are Christianity, about 2.2 billion. We have uh, uh, Islam at about 1.8 billion. Uh, we have Judaism. Believe it or not, that's only 15 million people worldwide, 15 million. But the first two come from that tradition. 
And then we have other religions like Hinduism, 800 million, et cetera. All my, people, of them, my people are old school. We're old all school. All of them. Are you, are you Jewish? Yes, I am. There you go. So you are quite aware then of what these seven stories are. You know, and these seven stories are embedded. And I, I will tell you that even if you have a casual understanding of any of these religions, you can probably illustrate uh, these these stories. Uh, if I give you the category, you're going to give me uh, stories to illustrate each one of those categories. So how do people find you? How do they get the book? How do they get to you if they want to talk to you? What's the next step? Well, the easiest thing to do is just come down to my uh, website, strategypeak.com. So strategy and then mountainpeak.com. And on the right, you can download a full infographic of what these seven stories are. And it'll give you examples of it and how to go about, you know, how to go about uh, understanding what those principles are, right? So that's the easiest thing to do. You can also download a free chapter of the book and away you go. And if you want to actually buy the book, it has an exorbitant price of $3.49 for the Kindle version on uh, on Amazon, any of the Amazons. There you go. And we'll put the link to the book in the show notes. Karian, thank you so much for being a part of our program. I appreciated uh, the lessons today. I mean, I really felt like I got some, uh, not just uh, some ideas, but some history lessons and some fresh understanding. And I love to see that woven into business. I think it's very important. So I want to say I appreciate it. Appreciate you being a part of our program. Thanks for being on Scaling Edge. Mike, thanks for having me on your show. Cheers. Cheers.